Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Welcome back, friends, to episode 79 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and I'm joined by a man who, as a Two Vets Talk Pets exclusive, is next week going to be revealed as one of the masked singers when he takes off a lovely paper mache unicorn headpiece while wearing a form-fitting fluorescent leopard print leotard after singing a stirring rendition of Bette Midler's Wind Beneath My Wings. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going, mate? Good, mate. I love it. I'm up. The intro's back, mate. It Intro's back. It's fantastic. Absolutely. It's, I, I had to do something because I thought otherwise you'd end up playing some you know, some other stupid bloody th- song. Oh, no. What do you mean, Oh, mate? no. What, what are you talking about? I don't know. Oh, what what are you talking about? Let's what's just... going on here? We're getting some interference. Can you know, anyone hear that? What's, that? what's that in the background? Yeah, yeah. I think we're, we're close to the airport here, so it might be a helicopter going or, uh, you know. Oh, oh, hang on. It's a Tiger's theme song, is it? Hang on, right. hang on, listen, mate. Yellow and black. Oh, oh yeah, you missed spot. that part. Wrong yeah, spot. Yeah. But I, knew, I, knew, I knew you were just a blowing. You know? <laughs> knew you were blowing. Fair weather. Fair weather supporter. Fair weather supporter. Yeah. Oh, here you go. On, Wait for the yellow and black part. Go haven't on. been on board all year. There you go. Yeah, it's it's a, bit, a bit downhearted, isn't it? Doesn't it doesn't sound the same when you don't have 95,000 people shouting <laughs> with you. How was the game on Friday uh, night, mate? It was great, mate. It was uh, great. How how tight was the sphincter getting um, at about half time? I was a bit worried. Actually, I was there with a mate and I was saying, oh, I don't. It's the first time for a long time. I think I had some flashback memories of when we played the Pies and they thumped us. Yes, in yeah, last year. Last yes. Year. And um, and I had some thoughts of that. I thought, half time, I'm not sure we're going to get it. Being a little dicey. You know, normally I'm really good. I'm like positive, like even if I'm with the girls. Trust the process. Yeah, exactly. You know, we yeah. know what we're doing. We, we, we can put our, got our processes in place. We this played a long game. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. And I thought, ooh. But then we did. We came back and yeah. we won. Well, especially because um, like, the week before, like Geelong came back hard against Collingwood yeah. um, in the first week and also came back hard against um, uh, the, the Eagles. Although, I mean, they thrashed the Eagles, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it was. Um, I thought, uh, gee whiz, yeah, Geelong, Geelong, uh, Geelong have got the legs here, but uh, no, as it is, they they pegged it out, yeah. and um, and that's the only game that happened this weekend. <laughs> Are you sure? I thought there was someone else, mate. Is it? Are you sure there's not? Not, no, not mate. Not if you start playing, there's a big, big sound from out in the west. I'm going to throw the I'm going to throw the machine out the window. Um, <laughs> the no, GWS one. I don't, G- I don't think yeah. you're going to get that on Spotify. Well, well, as it turns out, our next door neighbour. So we've just moved. Yeah, you know, everyone. Uh, that's why we had to miss last week because we because um, I was moving. Yes, and how did it go? And it, well, uh, long, long and arduous. Yep. You know, um, we we only finished like on the last night. Oof. I was doing the last run at, at nine o'clock on the Tuesday night, and then Mr. Asbestos was in there pulling out the asbestos out of the old house. At seven AM on the Wednesday morning, just in time for all the school kiddies to be walking past the school, you know, with this big sign out the front saying, "Yo, dangerous asbestos," you know. So we really, really made some friends with the, uh, you know, with with the local uh, local parents. I bet um, you did. But um, but yeah, our next door neighbour, he's a he's a fully fledged card carrying member of the uh, of the Giants. So he was there on on Saturday watching the uh, watching the game. So. 
Wow, that was a sound effect that didn't work then. But we'll keep going, mate. I'll try and work, work on some more sound effects. Um, so are you going to the game on, on the weekend? Yes, I am. So yeah. I managed to, to get some tickets uh, for myself in April. The yeah, two nice. Of us, two of us are going to manage to only get the two, yeah. which is great. So we've got guaranteed getting a spot. It's just whether we want to be in an amazing seat. Yeah, okay. Which we have to queue up the night before, almost, or the day before and yeah, sleep right. the night. Or whether we just want to be there, up in the gods, bleeding noses and all yeah, that yeah. sort of thing, and just the atmosphere. So. so what happens with that for the people that are lining up outside of the MCG? Like, do they, you know, I mean, obviously they must have toilets and things like that open, you know, and it, after they just leave the deck chairs and everything there, it's... Yeah, oh, it's just a free-for-all, I think, mate. You just, just you know, the... Um, it's like hard rubbish day, lock, you know. Light tower number two is, 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 is toilet number two. It's oh, okay. Light Number one is, is for number the one. Toilet ones. number one. Yeah, right, it's yeah. pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> I had no idea it was that simple. <laughs> you know, I guess it's got to be for the Richmond supporters. Oh. You know, and, and for the three GWS guys that might turn up there. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's got, oh, and, and anyway, w- welcome all our listeners to uh, to two vets talk uh, <laughs> AFL football. So, um, oh, uh, no, exactly. Yeah, do you have anything uh, anything on the go, mate? Is there any uh, anything interesting being happening down your neck of the woods this week while you try and find another set of it? Go on, let it read, let it roll. Oh. Yeah. I definitely oh, got go. something, mate. Yeah, nice. What do you got? We got some fan mail. Fan mail. Fan I, mail. Love, I love fan mail. Now, we normally keep it on the low down, the fan mail, don't we? Yes. We don't, we don't talk it up, but but this one I thought was interesting. I thought we. It's a special one. Bring it on board. A special one from Henry Gibson. Oh, Henry. Henry, Henry. He says, hey, boys. Hey, hello, boys. He knows the Hello, vanac. Henry. Yes. He, he knows the vac as I look for a hello thing. But I can't find seamless, it. mate. Yeah. Seamless. This is why you oh, get paid it? the big bucks as a producer. Well, you're meant to. You're meant to keep it going. Oh, I'm, I'm trying it. to keep it going, and I'm just trying to work out what what's going. So, so Henry, where's Henry from? Henry from Henry is from Trangy. 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 No Trangy. I have no idea. I, I would not have known Trangy existed, but Henry lives there, and so now it's my favourite place in New South Wales. Yeah. Well, I think I saw her on Getaway. Getaway. Oh, did you? Mate, yeah. Fantastic. You heard that joke before? No. no. Getaway. I'm pretty sure was on the show. Katrina Roundtree's been there. It's got a pub. Um, it's got a um go go kart track. Okay. Yeah, right. Pretty Excellent. Sure. And um and a tram. A, a, a tram as tram. well. That's why it's called Trangy. Trangy. I'm going to have a look at it on Google Maps while you're. Trying to find your sound effects. So, tell, tell us what Henry wanted to wanted to say. Yeah, so Henry says, I'm a year twelve from Trangy, New South Wales. I started listening to the podcast when I became interested in becoming a vet myself. Yeah. I found the podcast literally by looking up Dr. Robbie. Oh wow! In the search bar of my podcast app. Fantastic, and, and I was right there. Yeah, and just came up. Must have been first on the list, mate. Really? How did he stroll, uh, you know, trawl through all the the Doctor Roberts and the you know, yeah, yeah. the Doctor Robs and the yeah, and the uh, other the other the other two vets, you know, podcast vet yeah. podcasts out there. Vets talk pets. Yeah. Don't listen to that one. This is slightly different to the first version that we did when we realised that we were in recording. <laughs> this is funnier. Look at we practice, aren't we? It's much much better. Yeah. 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 Anyway, and he says uh, now he has sent in an article. He I, sent some content. Do you know? Where, where Tranchy's close to, it's close to Dandaloo. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Dandaloo. Yeah. It's got a motel. and, and narrow mine. There's a there's a black stump in Dandaloo, and, and never tire. Right. It's, it's just out of Dubbo. There you go. Ah. Just out of Dubbo. Oh, I wonder if he works at the zoo. Heartland out there. I wonder if he works at the zoo. He, he sent through an uh, an article. So yeah. So he wants to become a vet himself. Well, I said good, that. Good job. I thought it'd be interesting to see what you guys think about this. And he sent through an article. Um, he said, re- regarding the article, 
It sounds pretty dumb, but from my experience, dogs circle before they squat down to do their business. So he sent an article and says, dogs poop in alignment with Earth's magnetic field. Right. And now, now Henry's actually um, done quite a good job. I think he must have, uh, you know, he's, he's so wired in. So I think you're pretty well guaranteed, Henry, of getting in because you're already thinking like me because I actually had this on my run sheet for next week because the kids saw an episode on, um, oh, no, it was. Um, was that the getaway episode? The getaway episode. Katrina Roundtree <laughs> talking about dogs. Circling around in Trangy. In Trangy, doing yes. their poops. Nice. Uh, so, no, Just it was next on to. Never been there. No, what was the no, other no, one? No, never tire. Never tire. Right? Never tire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe there's a different pronunciation up there. You know, ne- ne- never tire or something like that. Maybe. I wonder if the motto is you, you never get tired in never tire. Yeah, yeah. Or you ne- catchy. You never sleepy and never tire. You yeah. Know? Or you always got energy and never tire. Um, it's catchy. Uh, no, it was on Gogglebox. They were um, they were watching some show that um, that some lady was saying that uh, yeah, dogs poo. Uh, whether it were like they're trying to debunk myths. Yeah. And so they're talking about dogs going. Oh, there's, there's one there. Oh, gee, but just coming into the podcast. Oh, oh fantastic. Hang on, circling around right now. Right, yeah. Better not do anything on the rental carpet there because otherwise we'll lose the bond. <laughs> um, yeah, so, 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 yeah, so t- talking about whether, and Christina and I looked at each other and go, that sounds like absolute dog crap. Dog poo. Dog poo. But what does the article say? Uh, hang on. Henry's not a synonym for yourself, is, is he, mate? It's not. No. You, you haven't written in, have you? Oh, I haven't. No, was, no. Was the email address? I was going to say, I've never, been, th- ne- never been through Trent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anderson at Hotmail.com. I didn't look at that. Anyway, move on. That's my actual hot <laughs> email address. What are you doing? You're going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> Jeez. At no, Hot Moo. Oh, hot, hot, hot Moo. Hot That's moo. my other email address. How'd you know that? Uh, I mean, Hot Pig. Hot Pig. <laughs> <laughs> At Bacon Express. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, uh, dogs, uh, this the article. Dogs use the, it's from 2014. So it's an oldie. Fantastic. But a goodie. But a goodie, yes. Yeah. Dogs use Science it. gets better with age. Dogs use the Earth's magnetic field when they're relieving themselves. Not only that, but canines do to choose to do it in a north-south axis. A new study published in the journal Frontiers in Zoology says, "Right." The study suggests that the dogs are sensitive to small variations in the Earth's magnetic field. After examining seventy dogs made up of thirty-seven breeds over two years, one thousand eight hundred ninety-three defecations, <laughs> <laughs> and. 5,582 urinations. Right. Researchers found that under calm magnetic field conditions. Right. So not no thunderstorms. Ah. Dog, dogs don't like to, yeah, they're, they're probably just getting out, get out, get it done and get back in again when oh, it's thunderstorming. It's, it can't, I thought maybe there was some with a you know, bag of magnets or something that was upsetting it. Well, that's what I was wondering, whether or not they were going to actually test for the dogs that did seem like they were going to go, whether or not if they put them like a little magnetic headrest oh, on there. A tin foil. A, a tin, tin foil, foil cap. And see what, yes, the tin foil cappers and see whether or not that makes any difference for them. Fantastic. Good idea. Uh, there, that's a mate, good idea. That's a yes, good idea nice there. one. Yeah, excellent. Sounds are getting better. <laughs> uh, dogs, especially uh, when you edit the pauses out and when you take them five <laughs> minutes trying to find the one that you want to use. Dogs prefer to excrete with the body being lined in the north-south axis, avoiding east-west altogether. Um, now, does it say whether or not their nose has to be pointing north or south or anything like that? Or which which ends north and which yes. ends south? No, yeah. I don't know. Right. But maybe maybe there's some kind of uh, north-south. The it, northern it, star. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. Or maybe the southern indicator is, gee whiz, you know, do, do you have a, um, an oops, an, an oops uh, one there? Um, now, one <laughs> quick, one thing with that, right? So I'm wondering whether or not, so if dogs are circling trying to find the north and south axis, right, do they circle in the opposite direction in the other hemisphere? You know, like with... Uh, Nice Thank one, you very mate. much. There yeah. you go. I'm here all night. Yeah. Hey. 
You know, so you know, same as with the with the with the toilet flushing. You know, we all remember that from the Simpsons episode where in the Australian Embassy. Ah, uh, you're using the sounds to good th- effect. Did mate? I steal your thunder? To, did I? To good effect. How long's that flush going for, mate? Did, did, does that only? Did, did you just do a full flush then? Just yeah, that's a waste of water, mate. Full nine liters there. Oh, gee, we can't do a half flush on the sounds. <laughs> doesn't work. Doesn't work. All uh, right, back to the article. Yes. So the dogs were observed in a free roaming environment, meaning yep. they were not leashed and not influenced by walls or roads that would influence linear movement. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So just in a park. In a park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We we went to the off lead dog park and watched <laughs> right. which direction dogs had a crap in. Why do the dogs prefer the north south axis and avoid east west? That was unclear according to the study. <laughs> because we tried asking the dogs <laughs> and they didn't give us a valuable answer. It's still enigmatic. Why wow. the dogs do a line at all? Dogs doing lines. Whether they do it consciously, i.e., whether the magnetic field is sensorially perceived. Wow. The dogs They've got the thesaurus out on this one. I.e., the dogs see, hear, or smell the compass direction or perceive it as a haptic stimulus. What does that mean? A haptic stimulus? A haptic stimulus. Sound worked, didn't it? Yeah. Or is well, it more? Well, it's, well, it's a bugle, mate. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that bugles were haptic. Good grief. Yeah. Um, so, or whether it's still more, or, or whether more. reception is controlled on the vegetative level, oh, i.e., they feel better, more comfortable, or worse, less comfortable in a certain direction. The scientists write in the report the findings open new horizons. Oh, there you There's go. that a better one? There's your bugle. Better line that one up beautifully. Um, is there anything written in the article about the fact that there was a sausage factory to the north of the <laughs> of the dog park and oh. that the tests were done when there was a northerly wind blowing and so the dogs just liked to smell, you know, uh, processed meat while they were uh, backing one out? You might be right, mate. There was, wasn't any mention of that if there was any food involved. Uh, but nice. 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 Yeah, yeah. Beautifully. Did, did that smell like the chicken salt on the chips that you were having before? Oh, they, were, they were delicious. Yeah, mate. they're good chicken they chips. Were very nice. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. All right. And so uh, the science writer in the report, the findings are open. New horizons for further research in organisms' use of magnetic fields for direction, as well as magnetic fields produced by living organisms. So thank you What's very much. living organisms produce magnetic fields? Oh, don't get technical. Produced by living as well. Yeah, uh, bats? No, bats. echolocation. Echolocation, that's the same sound. as dolphins. No. no. <laughs> same, same, same as what, mate? Um, yeah, dolphins. S- dolphins do echo as well. Oh, they- oh, hey! There Boom. you go. Yeah. Look at you go, mate. Oh, echolocation. Like McGraw. Echolocation. Oh, echolocation. Yep. There you go. Bats. No, nice yep. radar going on there. That's the bats. Yeah. Sonar. Sonar. Oh, oh, sonar. sonar. Yep. Well, there you go, Henry. Um, you know, if you, uh, yeah, with that sort of uh, input, yeah, you too can make it into vet school and then, uh, you know, get yourself a podcast and then, you know, come up with funny, you know, <laughs> or not funny, not, or not 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 funny, uh, you know, like, sound effects as well. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, thank you very much, Henry. That's some great we input. And if you, appreciate it. And if you're doing year 12, good luck too, man. You know, keep, your, keep your chin up because it's exams time now. Yeah. yeah. I hope you're doing really well. And I'm surprised you got time to listen to our podcast. That you, must be that good. Do you still get a little bit, a little bit fidgety in November? Yeah, it does. I do. Yes. I, I still do. It's um I cannot relax around so in, in Victoria we have Cup Day the first um the first Tuesday in November and so that was always SWAT fact time. 
Yes. And I ju- yeah, I just get jumpy around the, around that time, and you know. It's, it's it's many years of study, isn't it, mate? Ingrains oh, far it. out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. so uh, and considering it was a while ago because both of us are getting pretty old now. So, um so anyway, um so that's good. And tell you what, uh, it I'm not sure whether or not you've listened to this episode, Henry, but if you really wanted to learn about toxoplasma, right? <laughs> you could go back and have a listen to one of our toxoplasma episodes because I actually had someone ring up um that so their doctor had told them that they had to get rid of their cat. Ooh. Right and um and said or oh, oh, you've got to call your vet and get it tested for toxoplasma and so uh, so Lynn our practice manager was talking to them and saying oh so what do we you know what what information should I give her I said why don't you direct it to the two vets talk pets podcast I think it might be episode sixty six or something like that so we sent it through the link and everything Lewis so, fantastic what so, about a book mate. Tony oh well, Kate Pre has got a whole whole chapter on togs, toxo, mate. Yeah, well, Come I, on! I, 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 oh, there you go. On, yeah, yeah. Mate. Daddy's got to eat. Lewis has got to eat. What's yeah. the name of the book again? Uh, it'd be uh, how, how to tell. Don't tell mum the babysitter's dead, or <laughs> tell your cat you're pregnant. How essential to tell your guide you... for dog owners who expect for cat owners. <laughs> for essential guide for cat own, owners, owners. There you go. Who are expecting a baby? Yeah. Nice. Very there you go. Good, mate. Yeah. yeah. So, so there you go. So, so it's available on Amazon. Yeah, fantastic. I'll send her the link because she's coming in tomorrow to have a discussion. So I'll see what she thought of the episode. Um, so, uh, so also we wanted to uh, thank Zilkeen, our, uh, our our premium partners for uh, for for all their great support. Uh, Alpha Cazozapine, milk based protein, uh, great for dogs and cats for helping to calm down yes. anxious situations. Uh, Been using it on Rosie since we've uh, moved in. Yes, I had a, had a cat today. I put a, put a cat on who's uh, got urination, inappropriate urination yeah, around, right. around the house. Uh, there's a few changes. The the owner has gone from working at home to now w- working away from home. Right. Yes. And cat's a little bit, you know, getting a little bit of a urinary tract sign. So we said let's uh, let's go with a little bit of pain relief while it's acute, and yep. let's go with some alpha cazozapine, some zilkeen. Nice one. The long term anxiety issues that that's going on with the change in the owner's routine. Good one. So have a talk with your vet about whether or not uh, zilkeen could work for your dog or cat if they are looking a little bit stressed. Um, now, uh, big thank you to our Patreon supporters yeah, as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Thank you so guys. We we really appreciate your support. Um, you're the one that keeps the keeps the lights on, keeps the sound effects. The one, the, the one. Hopefully the one, one light. The, the one light. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, keeps the sound effects ticking along. Thank you, you very in, much. Inappropriate for playing yeah. at that time. Yeah, like, like, like we don't appreciate. Now we do appreciate all yes. you Patreon subscribers. Um, now uh, we'll head straight on into the disclaimer. All advice on this show is generally in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification. Who have we been talking to this week, Lewis? So we have got an awesome interview this week in a follow-up from our discussion by choice on pet insurance. We decided to get uh, Magdalena Awad from Petsure, Dr. Magdalena Awad from um, from Petsure, to come and have a chat to us and a little bit of a, perhaps a little bit of the other side of of whether or not we should have um, you should have pet insurance for your pets. So let's roll the tape. Stop the podcast. After listening to our hot button chat on pet insurance, the legal teams insisted that we add disclaimers to both ends of the interview. So here goes. Dr. Awad is the Chief Veterinary Officer at PetSure Australia. Any advice is general only and the PDS should be considered to decide whether a pet insurance product is right for you. PetSure insurance products are issued by the Hollard Insurance Company, ABN 78090-584-473, AFSL 241436, Administered by PetShoe Australia Proprietary Limited through our authorised representatives and distribution partners. 
cover is subject to the policy terms and conditions and some exclusions apply. Okay, guys, we are joined by Dr. Magdalene Awad, um, Chief Veterinary Officer at PetSure Australia, which is the largest underwriter of pet insurance in Australia. Obviously, you're a veterinarian first and foremost. So what's what's your role at PetSure, Mags? What, um, if we're allowed to call you Mags, what's, um, uh, what, what happens with your role at PetSure? Yeah, so uh, my role as the Chief Veterinary Officer for PetSure, and thanks for having me on the show, by the way. Oh, that's um, right. really um, thankful for, for this opportunity. Um, my background is obviously, like you said, a vet, and I've worked um, a lot in um, in areas where I guess um, I would have loved more people to have pet insurance. So I, I worked at RSPCA New South Wales for many years as their um, chief veterinarian, um, and so I've seen everything. Um, and I guess one of the things that brought me to PetSure was I felt that um, that we needed to really promote the category of pet insurance amongst the consumer um, because. The amazing thing about pet insurance is when you actually need it, that's when you value it the most. And I know myself, um, just putting it out there, that my Kelpie Rex has used pet insurance and used it a lot. Yes. I think we chatted to you a, a long time ago at a conference about your your um, uh, your Kelpie and, and their insurance sort of thing. Um, I, I guess the, the the reason we got you on the show and you you kindly offered to, to come on the show was to, was to discuss the choice article that we mentioned in episode 78 for our listeners um, and I guess to give our listeners a little bit of background you know a lot of them are from Australia but some may not be aware of, from overseas or may not be aware of, of Choice. Um, Choice is an Australian consumer organisation. Um, they're non, non-for-profit um, founded in, in 1959 um, as the Australian Consumers Association and they're brought about to research and advocate on behalf of Australian consumers. Um, it's a subscription-based service, uh, uh, serviced, um, so it's not open access to the public, but they published a related article which we discussed in episode 78 called Six Things You Need to Know About Pet Insurance. Is it worth buying pet insurance for your dog or cat? Um, now, there are several things they state in this article, and one of them is that they reviewed 86 insurance policies, and they state there are four underwriters of these 86 policies. And we're just sort of wondering, can you clarify sort of how many policies are unwritten by PetSure and and um, and we were chatting off air and possibly there are some more that they've missed? Yeah, so um, there, there are quite a few underwriters now. Um, there's about five on the on, um, underwriters in Australia for pet insurance. Now, PetSure, as PetSure, we actually only do pet insurance. That's all we do. Right. We don't do anything else. Um, we only do pet insurance. So I guess... You can't help me out with my stand-up paddleboard, Mags. It's... <laughs> No, no, I can't. I can't help you out with that. But... My, my, my Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, DVD collection, because um, Amy have told me they're not going to cover me for that anymore. Is there any way I can get that hooked onto uh, Rosie's insurance policy? I'm sure you could somewhere along the line, but oh. I'd have to come come up with something quite interesting. Quite to, fancy. To be able oh, to include pro- that. Probably outside of the scope of the interview today, mate. No, 
no, right. no one's going to cover you for that puff, puffy vampire sleeping, <laughs> mate. No way. No, no, no there, are certain, there, there are certain risks that are really, really bad. <laughs> What's risky with a 41-year-old man enjoying Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> Well, yeah, so so just in terms of um, the, the number of underwriters, there are about five in, in Australia that do pet insurance and we as, uh, we as PetSure um, only do pet insurance. We have quite a few brands that market our pet insurance products um, out to consumers. So they're, they're well-known brands um, in, you know, in Australia, RSPCA, um, Medibank, Woolworths, Bupa, uh, Pet Barn, all the brands that you may know about, Bow Wow Meow. Yeah, household names, aren't they? Yeah, household yeah, names, definitely. Yeah, they are. And um, that's, how, um, that, that's how our products are actually distributed. Um, and so we as PetSure, we actually uh, design the products. We um, do all the administration work. So when a client makes a claim or they call for, um, for clarification of a claim or something like that, then that's when they, they, they come to us. And, and um, we, um, as a company, we um, employ veterinarians and vet nurses to assess those claims. Um, and so, which is a pretty unique thing in this uh, in pet insurance worldwide, um, so to make sure that um, our claims process um, is handled as effectively as possible. I see you saying that's unique, as in you're one of the only companies employ vets to actually assess the claims. Is that what you're saying? Well, there are there are lots of insurance companies around the world, and they do employ vets. But our, our policy is that um, our our that vets and vet nurses assess the claims for our um, our policyholders. Right. And what do you find the uh, the the benefits are for that, Magdalene? What's the uh, the there are plenty of benefits to that. Um, as you know, my role is um, facing into the profession, and one of the um, the key things that vets want to know is are these claims being assessed. Um, adequately in terms of, you know, veterinary medicine isn't, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy because, um, you know, there are lots of different things that can, that can occur with pets. And so, um, you know, one of the things that all pet insurance companies around the world don't cover is pre-existing conditions. And so our veterinarians um, will assess um, that using their, their knowledge of the profession um, and how um, veterinarians work and their knowledge of um, illnesses and accidents that occur with pets in order to make um, the um, the call on whether a condition is pre-existing or not. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds that sounds really good because I think it's it's you know you need someone who's at the coalface who's been there to know, you know this uh, this is the way vets work. Whereas perhaps people who are looking from the outside may not may not understand the claim from from yeah. from the vet sort of perspective. Yeah, and and what we've what we've done is we've actually um, provided veterinarians um, with um, with a hotline that we that directly to us so that they can talk to us as veterinarians, and that really helps the process. Um, you know, obviously that's not for clients, um, but, but, oh, 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 but dro- dro- drop it on. If you don't for clients, but clients have um, have the ability to call us as well and and talk through um, our customer service team about their claims. Um, so you know, we've done everything we can to try and make it easy for people to claim. Um, you know, as vets, um, probably in your practices, um, guys, that you have um, electronic claims. Through your through your system, where you just send the claim to us electronically, so they don't go missing, and they reach us in real time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we use that at um, at our practice. It's uh, yeah much easier for us doing that than um, than trying to muck around with uh, with the paper claims. That's for sure. 
That's right, yeah. and that means the client doesn't have to really do anything except go to the vet and and um, pay the bill. Exactly. Um. So so I guess that means that you know we're, we're certainly talking to the right uh, the right person as far as uh you know the the gravitas to be able to um you know have a counterpoint to this choice article. So so in their article, choice um you know has it right at the you know they they don't bury the lead on this one, Magdalene. They say um so choice state we don't recommend any pet insurance policy due to their many restrictions and the lack of competition in the market would you like to uh to have a uh you know take a bit of a run up and uh come in off the long run on that one magdalene yeah look it's really interesting the lack of competition obviously there are other players in the market but pet sure we are you know over 80 percent of the market in terms of the number of policies that we have right um but and so i guess you know they are really talking about us but look there. The real interesting thing about pet insurance is the value of it lies in the fact that if you do claim, as in you use it, you see value. And if you don't, you don't. But that's where it's really important to have the right philosophy around insurance in general. It's actually not an investment that you expect to return on. It's there when you need it. And, you know, if I go back and talk about my dog Rex, I never thought I would need to claim for a Kelpie. I mean, Kelpies are pretty the robust. least likely. Yes, Very the least robust. likely. I mean, yeah. we just... We just published the least likely dog to go to a vet, and that's a Kelpie. Yeah. But the fact, the, the fact that I claimed over the last two years, I've claimed for three separate conditions that both that all three of them had to be seen by a specialist and performed surgery on by a specialist. Now, wow. I can't tell you what a relief that was. And if I, I see value in pet insurance because I've claimed. Now, had I not claimed, the reason that I would still see value is because as a vet... I know that if I was to not claim, it means my actual pet is healthy and I'm happy with that. But I know that if I needed to go to emergency after hours, that I could go there in good time without delay because I know I've got pet insurance and I won't have to consider the finances because I know that I'm insured. And that peace of mind is valuable to me as a pet owner. And I do believe that that's what most people value in pet insurance as well. Yeah, well, that's certainly, uh, that's the point of insurance, isn't it? You know, you, you it's there to use when you need it. Um, and You're not hoping that your house burns down. You're not hoping that you run up the bum of a, of a bus, you know. it's that, uh, And that's, that's exactly right. And one of the things is I think people just are buying peace of mind, but one of the surveys they did in America around pet insurance with customers is most customers want pet insurance because they want to be the pet, best pet owners that they can be. That's what they want to be. And they see pet insurance as a way to be that pet owner. And I know in practice, the reason I wanted to see more insured clients was not because I thought, oh, great, they're insured, I can make money. It was absolutely not that. It was that relief of knowing that I probably didn't have to have those conversations around finances and economic euthanasia, which I'm sure that many vets have in practice on a daily basis. For, for, for sure. With the, the Choice article, they talk about restrictions. Um, I was yes. just wondering what, what are the common restrictions and exclusions that, that, that pet owners should, should look out for when they're making a decision on their policy or their cover? Pre-existing conditions are really the biggest exclusion that insurance companies have. And basically, what pre-existing conditions means um, is that, um, you know, if a, a condition exists or signs or symptoms or clinical signs of a condition exists prior to or within the waiting period, that condition will never be covered going forward. So as an example, my dog Rex, 
when he was four, he had a cruciate, cruciate ligament rupture, which was fixed. Now, when I got pet insurance, he was a little bit older than that. So I knew when I got pet insurance that if he got another cruciate rupture, that would not be covered right. because it was pre-existing. So I knew that when I got pet insurance. But the value lies in my dog was getting older, and that means that as an older dog, he's going to get more conditions and more chronic conditions. And we know that over 50% of dogs over the age of 10 will develop some form of cancer in their lifetime. Wow. Gee whiz. Yeah. So, so with that, um, Maglin, so, uh, you know, just on, on that point, so say you'd, um, you know, Mrs. Brown's got a, um, a, a Rottweiler who's done one cruciate in one leg. Um, does that mean that then the cruciate in the other leg, if that's been examined by a vet and has been told, no, look, that cruciate is absolutely fine. If they've done a cruciate in one leg, then that's a pre-existing condition even in the other leg? Yeah, so so I'll, so the example for Rex, I'll use yep. that one. So he had he had a cruciate in his left leg. Now, cruciate ligament is a condition; it's a chronic disease. If if you look at our data, um, which we published recently, cruciate disease occurs usually in older dogs. Okay, it's a chronic degenerative condition, and it's bilateral. Yeah. Okay. So for 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 us, it's the condition that's excluded. But had Rex not had cruciate ligament um, disease prior to being insured, then he would be covered going forward for both both of his um, legs going forward because he hasn't had any signs or of the condition prior to or within the waiting period. Sure. And so if he had future complications with that knee, I guess that's still a pre-existing condition, is it, if there was some arthritis yeah, developed or something yeah. like that? So- okay. That, that's right. Yep. Yep. And what are uh, what are other some of the common conditions that the that, that shield sort of sort of pays out? Um, you know, I know something that that certainly I find at the clinic is that there aren't many policies that that, that cover dental procedures these days. Um, but what are the sort of common things that that uh, the policies pay out on? Oh, look. You know, the, the most common things that we pay out on are ears, skin, gastrointestinal conditions, cruciate ligament disease fractures um, and in cats you know obviously the same thing in terms of gastrointestinal disease um, uh, skin conditions kidney disease diabetes we will pay out on and for us we have actually released what we call our pet health monitor where we looked at um, the last five years of all our claims um, and we published that data it's on our website anyone can download it and it talks to the most common conditions, the most common um, condition, the most um, expensive breeds, and the more, most likely breeds to go to the vet. And as I said, the kelpies are the least likely. And of course, my dog was the poster child for the not least likely dog to go to the vet. Yeah, we yep. actually um, did a did a bit of a deep dive on that um, a, a few episodes yeah. ago. We um, we found that and thought it'd be a yeah a bit a bit of uh, interesting uh, interesting topics to talk about. And so yeah, it was um, quite quite good for to see because I mean it, it basically describes what your day as a vet is as far as you know w- what animals you're going to see and with what conditions. So you know I think it's a it, as much as anything, it's a quite a good resource for people to be able to go to and look and go. So what's this breed of dog going to uh, you know, going to cost me, or what are the things are going to be that this dog's going to uh, potentially have problems with? And, and I always say to people, and in fact, I heard this um, the other day um, on a on a on a website, and Dr. Andy Rourke, who's a very famous um, veterinarian in the US. I love Dr. And Andy. He talks, 
He's yeah, hilarious. he's a great guy. I've yeah. met him before. He's a great guy. But he talks about the GDV rule. Now, you and I know what GDV is. It's gastric dilation volvulus. Um, and that's a common um, scenario in large breed deep-chested dogs. And we do see a lot of GDV cases come through. And as you know, they're very acute cases. So the dog blows up and usually it happens overnight and they take the dog to emergency. Now, those conditions usually cost between... I don't know, four and eight to ten thousand dollars to treat, and sometimes more if the dog is critical. Yep. Um, and what I always say is, what Andy says, sorry, is he talks about the GDV rule. Now, if someone can put down ten thousand dollars tonight and not care about that money, that's fine. They probably don't need insurance. But for the majority of people, that ten thousand dollars on the spot or between five and $10,000 on the spot is a really big call. And you don't have a lot of time to make a decision on that case. So my job is at PetSure is to talk about these things, not only to veterinarians, but to consumers and to clients of, of pet, pet owners and say to pet owners, you know, if you have $10,000 and you're happy to give put that, put that towards your pet and not really worry about that, maybe pet insurance is not for you. But if you don't and you have to make that decision, that's a really tough call, especially after hours when the animal needs emergency surgery. So one of the my, one of my jobs at PetSure is to try and get, you know, to try and get some evidence on this. So we're actually working with the Melbourne University um, to do a study on GDV and snake bites, two big conditions that cost a lot of money, but also are very acute and need treatment straight away. And looking at economic euthanasia and how pet insurance actually impacts that and how it can help clients um, in those situations. Yeah, well, I mean, there'd be very few people that, well, certainly that I know, that have $10 just sitting around at... at $10? Maybe uh, sorry, 10000 10, <laughs> yeah, They might have $10, yeah. <laughs> but probably not $10,000 just sitting around that they can access to it, you know, at one, at 1 o'clock in the morning when they need it. Yeah, and, you know, the interesting thing about the way we look at things here is that um, people always talk about, oh, I can save up for that, and, you know... We're not very good at saving. You know, Australians aren't. We know that there's been lots of studies about that. But the, the, the issue is that, as you and I both know, all of us know, is that veterinary medicine has changed in 25 years. You know, the technology that we have at our hands, you know, the MRIs and the CT scans, the radiation oncology, all these new and wonderful drugs that we have, you know, they cost a lot of money. And so saving up for something that may or may not happen, you are always going to be behind the eight ball because... You know, if if you if you think that you can save enough to get in front of it, you know that's great. If your dog or cat gets no nothing happened to them over the first ten years of their life, but I can tell you that most people will have something happen to them. We know that through our data. Uh, one thing I just wanted to pull you up on there, Maglon, is uh, um, the fact that you know, because just as a I guess for people that might be listening that that are thinking, or oh, maybe I should take out pet insurance. You know, where you were saying about having the ten thousand dollars sitting around you still do need to pay for the vet visit at the time of when the thing's being done, don't you? And then you claim afterwards. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the new services that we offer is called Gap Only. Um, and there are some um, of our um, brands in the market that have um, that are part of the initial Gap Only trial. Um, and we've um, got quite a few veterinarians and clinics on board. And basically what it is is a real-time um, uh, claim settlement. So, but you know, like when you go and you get like the high caps at your your yeah, doctor you go or to your, your physio and you and they yes, scan your car. Right. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, you know, your claim is assessed, and the gap 
uh, is is paid to the veterinarian and then within 24 hours we then reimburse the veterinarian the rest of the money so that there is um, you know less of an impact of paying the whole amount at the time of um, discharge of the animal from hospital. Um, I, I think um, so. I think there's times I'm trying to remember whether or not um, might have been when I was over in England that there was a. I remember there was a little tick boxing where you could say that you know that the claim is to be paid directly to the veterinarian or something. Like that. I can't yeah, remember, I remember exactly that. where it's from. Yes. Um, I mean, because I guess the only thing with that is you you need to be pretty sure on what your insurance is actually going to cover before you commit to going and doing it, don't you? So what sort of support do you then have for people at the one thirty in the morning where they're going, I'm not too sure whether or not my insurance is going to cover for this and they don't really want to be trawling through um, a PDS statement on their um, on their mobile phone. What sort of support do you have there for them uh, in that? Yeah, so we have a, we have a um, free pre-approval process um, where now in emergency, it's obviously a little bit harder for a client to do that. But most of the time in emergency, they do end up staying overnight so they can make the call in the morning. Um, But one of the things that we do is offer that service, especially when clients are being referred to a specialist for a procedure. So they have time to give us a call and say, look, you know, um, my dog's being diagnosed with whatever um, and my vet wants to um, send me off to the specialist. Um, Am I covered for this condition? And we will be able to give them that information if we have all the... um, the information available to us. Um, so we'll ask them if their vet could send through the history um, and we can then assess that claim, uh, preempt that claim um, prior to it happening and we can give them the information on whether or not they're covered for that condition. So we do offer that as a free service. So then before, um, but, you know, so if people have a policy and they're listening to this and they're getting a little bit sort of shaky going, gee, I wonder if I am covered for GDV, I wonder if I'm covered for the other, these other things. Um, like for you, obviously you can't speak for all of the insurance policies, but as one of the big players in, in Australia, you, know, you could certainly talk for yourselves. Um, are you happy for people to ring up and say, say, hey, look, I just want to try and check what I'm actually covered for here, you know, to try and make sure, because I've had uh, times where people think they've got coverage, and it's probably the same for with your car insurance. You might be thinking that you're covered for something, uh, like, yeah, with my Buffy the Vampire Slayer DVD collection that, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, that, and when, when, when my shed burns down and I go and Amy say, well, no, we're not reimbursing you for that, um, you know, is there a way of being able to check and see what you're actually, you know, covered for? before the time, you know, and just trying to make sure of what level of coverage you've actually got? Yeah, so most of our policies, over 93% of our, 2% of our policies are accident and illness policies. Um, and they, that you know, there are obviously, just like any insurance, there are um, general exclusions. And as you know, insurance is really about unknown risk. So a lot of our policies, you know, do not cover for anything to do with wellness. So, you know, your vaccinations, your desexing, um, your heartworm prevention, all of those things are known costs that you would go to your vet for anyway. That's not what insurance is about. So there are obviously exclusions under our policies. Yeah, I always say, say, to, say to owners with those sorts of things, they're the sort of things you can budget for, you know, that you know you're going to have yeah. once a year. You generally yeah. can budget for that sort of thing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We do have policies that have add-ons where you can actually add on, um, you know, where you can actually have these things covered up to a certain extent. Um, you know, obviously they're, they're capped. 
like like extras sort of in in, yeah. in health insurance. Um, but but you yeah, the, most of the websites actually have um, you know um, information about coverage. Um, but you can always call and find out, especially if you're looking for a pre-approval, and especially if your animal's been diagnosed, say with with cancer, and um, you know you need to go to a specialist to have surgery or or chemotherapy or whatever. Those sorts of things you can call up beforehand and and know. Um, there is a cooling off period for all policies. So, um, you know, um, when you actually get a policy, most people buy them online, um, you will receive a certificate of insurance which actually outlines, um, you know, the policy cover and a few other things on there. Um, and then, um, you know, there is a cooling off period for most policies. And, and that gives people the, the opportunity, you know, if that's not the policy that they want, um, that, that, that they can... Um, that they Change can, over onto something know, different. As, as with any... With ne- yeah. But look, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, going back to the choice review, I guess, you know, if I, if I go back and I, and, I, and, I, and I say to you that, you know, one of the, the benefits of, of claiming is seeing value um, and, you know, I personally pay for my car insurance, my home insurance and my health insurance and I hope to God I never have to claim on those. Oh, 100%. Um, and if I yeah, did, yeah. If I did, it meant my house burnt down or I had a car accident or I got sick. And none of those I want to happen. But I just know that if I did have to claim that I would, you know, I, I would know I'd be covered. And, um, you know, that that's I think it's that peace of mind that the value for me comes for pet insurance. But I understand that people have different understandings about what pet insurance is. And if they could just understand that it is there to cover unknown risk, I think that would really help them in terms of seeing value. Yeah. So you mentioned the cooling off period. There's also sometimes some waiting periods, are there, on the on the policies, like for some common conditions? Yeah. So basically um, the waiting periods are zero days for accidents. Now, remember, they're specified accidents. So not everything is classified as an accident, but if you look through our PDS, it'll be things like snake bites. Um, it'll be things like hit by car or things like that. And then everything else in terms of illnesses is usually about 30 days. Some of them have a 21-day um, illness waiting period. Um, cruciate disease is six months. Now, with cruciate disease, um, there is a way that you can get that six months waived. Um, if you do go to your vet, we have a waiver document that is sent out with the certificate of insurance. And if you go to your vet... Um, and your vet examines your dog and fills that out and sends it to us within two weeks. Um, we um, can assess that, and it's potential that your waiting period for cruciates can be waived if you do yeah, that. So I've certainly filled out plenty of uh, you know, um, uh, uh, cruciate examination forms on on small puppies and assuring the owners that their uh, <laughs> that their their, their three month old puppy is 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 completely yeah. free of, of cruciate injury. Yeah. So yeah, and, and that brings. Yeah, that brings me to another point um, about um, puppies and kittens. The thing about the, the the one thing about pet insurance that they don't cover pre-existing conditions, and one of the ways that you can actually reduce your chances of pre-existing conditions is to insure your puppy or kitten as soon as you adopt or purchase it. Yes, 
Yeah, I often say to people that um, that yeah, yeah, make sure you got your insurance before you come and see me because they've already had their first vet check, and so strictly speaking, there shouldn't be any pre-existing conditions that weren't picked up then. So yeah, you know, so I, right. I always try and try and say to people if the uh, if they're thinking about it to make sure they get one before they come in. But if not, then yeah. certainly to get it as soon as they can. It's, it seems to be one area that Choice and Pet Sure totally agree on. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's the case because it really is so important. I mean. You know, um, I would love for every pet that walks out the door of, of, of an, an adoption agency or a breeder to have pet insurance on day one. Um, that'll certainly make our lives easier as, as vets because going forward, we do cover congenital and hereditary conditions. So we don't have breed exclusions um, and amongst all our policies. So we don't say just because um, you're a Great Dane, we will not cover you for potential GDVs because we know you're somewhere along the line you're going to have a GDV. And, and hello to all our Great Dane uh, owners out there. You know? <laughs> and, and, and we don't say we don't say to all German Shepherd owners that somewhere along the line your German Shepherd may develop hip dysplasia, therefore we're not going to cover you for that. Yes. So we don't have those exclusions. Obviously, if they're pre-existing in terms of the clinical signs and symptoms, then they won't be covered. But if they've got pet insurance, and they develop it down the track um, after the waiting period, then it would be covered going forward. So I give the example of a German Shepherd at eight weeks that is insured and is absolutely fine, goes to the vet for all its vaccinations. And then as you guys know, most German Shepherds start to show clinical signs of say, elbow dysplasia around five months of age. Um, then, you know, even though we know that that's a condition that it was probably born with, then we would still cover that because the clinical signs did not show up prior to or within the waiting period. So it's good. It's good that you bring up that one, Magdalene, because one thing that um, another thing that the choice uh, say in their article is um, that there's a large difference in price of the of uh, between breeds. For example, Frenchies are really expensive to insure on average because they. So this is um yeah from the choice article. There can be a large difference in price between dog breeds. For example, Frenchies are really expensive to insure on average. They cost about twice as much to cover for a Jack Russell Terrier. So do you have different pre- Premiums depending on the breeds of dog, um, and as you're saying, you know, that the that those hereditary conditions aren't uh, aren't excluded as long as there's not signs at the time that the policy is taken out. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it, at the time before and during the waiting period. So, uh, so if the signs or symptoms are within the waiting period, that's also pre-existing, and the waiting period for illnesses is 30 days, apart from cruciate, which is six months, as I explained before. So, going back to your choice article um, about premiums and how they're calculated, so we have 20 years of data that we've collected, um, and our actuaries, yes. you know, the number crunches the in number the organisation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We we um we we bow to them. They're very smart people. Yep. Um, you know, they have all that data in front of them and so if you know, there are things that really determine price of premiums and the biggest one is breed and age. So we know that um certain breeds are more likely through our data to um develop certain conditions and we know what those conditions cost and whether those conditions are acute or chronic. Um, and we also know that as pets age, um, they're more likely to develop conditions and chronic diseases and cancers and all those sorts of things. Now, um, yes, the brachycephalic breeds or the... The, the, the short-nosed dogs, the yes, yeah. 
absolutely they cost more and they should because they are going to develop those conditions more often and i and um and i you know we don't want the healthy um you know kelpie puppies to be subsidizing other breeds i mean that you know that's that it's like saying to somebody well you're you know 2000 um uh, hyundai xl is going to cost the same amount as a p player to drive in a lamborghini uh, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. And I, only say, I only say that because Lewis has had to driven to my place, um, and he's had to park his Lambo out on the street, and he's a little bit, uh, a little bit upset at that. You know? I'm worried it's on bricks already, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And we know what kind of a driver he is too. So. Very sensible. Only left hand turns for me. <laughs> so I think, to, I think to be fair, um, I think um, you know we 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 want those breeds to pay more because we don't want the breeds that are less likely to develop those diseases to be subsidising the more likely breeds to develop um, certain conditions. So, you know, they are priced differently for many, many reasons. And if you saw our pet health monitor, you will see that those breeds actually do claim for many conditions, yes. yeah. um, not just those conditions associated with their flat faces, everything else about them. Um, and we know that they cost us money and they will be priced. Um, we will still insure them. Um, yep. But people will pay a higher premium for those particular breeds. Fair enough. But, but, but we will continue to, um, you know, we have guaranteed renewal for life. So, you know, just because it's a, it's a, um, the only breeds that we, we do exclude are those banned in Australia. Yes. Um, and they're the only ones. And we, like I said before, we don't have breed exclusions. We don't say just because it's a German Shepherd will exclude you. Um, so apart from those breeds that are banned, you know, by law in Australia. Um, it's so interesting you mentioned you don't have breed exclusions. We have got a little bit of a, 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 a listener question that came in um, on the same episode where we talked talked about the um, the, the choice article. We um, had a had a an email question come in about um, a euthanasia of a goldfish. Um, from Andrew, and Andrew actually followed up his email, oh, right. saying that that the insurance insurance company had wouldn't cover for funeral cover for his goldfish, but he was wondering if he got another goldfish, could he find a? Was there an insurance company that would cover a species a speciesist? Let's say that you won't cover goldfish, or is there a policy that will cover goldfish? Uh, look, you know, we we just do dogs and cats, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, look, you know, we'd love to cover every species. Um, Lions and today, tigers but, and bears. But, yeah. but we just don't, we, you know, at, at, at this point in time, it's it's really just companion animals as in dogs and cats only. Um, but, uh, but... So he's got to save up for his goldfish. He's got to save up for the goldfish. He's, he's someone who should yeah, be trying to I, aim up his... Uh, I aim at putting maybe a gold coin away each week for his goldfish. For the funeral cover. For the funeral cover. For the, yeah. funeral, for the funeral cover, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, would, I would suggest that. At least, at least you know, the cost of cremation and, you know, those would probably be a lot less than, say, you know. Tempura crumbs don't come cheap these days, Magdalene. Tempura crumbing no, is, I you know. I, know, I, know. I mean, you're not going to need to yeah. use a lot, but you're still going to buy the entire packet. So, you know, that's going to take budgeting. <laughs> Yes, you know those you know those cases that you see in practice where you don't want to see that animal because you've never seen that animal before. I, I remember a friend of mine going to the UK and she'd never seen a chinchilla before. Oh, the breed, and, um, yes, yes, yep, yep. And she'd gone there. She still tells me this story, and she said she went there and somebody handed her a dying chinchilla, and they said, "Can you save him?" And she said, "What is it?" <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Yeah, anyway. no, that, that's fantastic, Magdalene. Thank you very much. Look, we'll let you go. Um, so, uh, so you know, thank you very much for joining us on the uh, on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And um, you know, it was uh, probably about the hardest hitting interview we've had. You know, I sort of feel like we've really, uh, you know, really channeled the full Mike Willisy here, Lewis. You know, really hit hitting the hard questions. You know? We have been. We've been really nutting it down, haven't we? Yeah. Look, thank, thank, thanks for the opportunity because I think it's really important that people consider how they will um, potentially pay for their for their pets. Um, healthcare throughout its life, you know, whether that's pet insurance or some other way of paying for it. I guess for me, I, I've been through the pet insurance claim process and with my dog and I, and I see value in pet insurance and I know working for pet insurance company that, you know, we, we, we see it every day where we make a difference to people's lives. And, you know, pets are part of the family. You know, we have one of the highest rates of pet ownership in the world. And, um, you know, we just want to make sure as veterinarians that we're able to treat animals the best way possible. And we'd love for people to be able to, um, you know, take on our recommendations so that we get best welfare outcomes for the pets. So where can people find that information on PetShore's uh, products and also on that um, that uh, that data uh, uh, data mine that you guys did? Where, where can people find yeah. that info? Yeah, so if you go to petchore.com.au, um, you'll be able to download our pet health monitor. Um, we've sent it out to every vet in Australia so that they have it, um, so, pe- so their their, um, their clients can read it in the waiting room. Um, and if, you know, there are um, great, you just go online and you'll be able to, um, you know, see, um, you know, you can go to the individual websites for each um, individual pet insurance company, or you can just um, go and go to. Indi- there's the um, Insurance um, Council of Australia. They have some generic information on their website on pet insurance, which is you know not pet sure related or not um, other 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 brand related. It's just generic information yep, about yep. pet insurance. Um, you know, and um, just so that I'm sending out the information that's you know that 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 talks to pet insurance as a category um but but yeah but 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 people people can do their homework and you know dr google you can go on google and have a look at different plans and um look for insurance policies not for what's wrong with your dog on google fantastic i like that Talk to your vets about what's wrong with your dog. Thank you so much mags we really appreciate it On on a late on a tuesday night really appreciate the chat no worries thanks guys bye Dr. A. Watt is the Chief Veterinary Officer at PetSure Australia. Any advice is general only and the PDS should be considered to decide whether a pet insurance product is right for you. PetSure insurance products are issued by the Hollard Insurance Company, ABN 78090-584-473-AFSL241436, administered by PetShoe Australia Propriety Limited through our authorised representatives and distribution partners. Cover is subject to the policy terms and conditions and some exclusions apply. There we go. Thank you very much. Um, so we're under the pump because we're running out of uh, to, uh, room Memory. on the SD card. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, so I think we w- w- went reasonably hard hitting on it. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a completely sit the ball on the tee. We tried to come at her a little bit. So I think so. We we got some answers we wanted, and, and, yeah. and some some I suppose some rebuttal to choice, and some yeah. understanding that pet insurance. Well, it's like all the other insurances, you know, you, you you have it for that time when you need it, essentially. Yeah. And if you don't need it, well, that's great. Your, your pet's healthy. But um, but if you need it, you've got it. You yeah, know? absolutely. So, so, so definitely, certainly something we recommend on a daily basis that we see. So look, if you've got any questions about what we chat about today, hit us up at twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're running out of memory space. So <laughs> so look for us on patreon.com, twovetstalkpets. Um, uh, otherwise, uh, next week I'm going to talk about moving. So all the stuff that I've done with the dogs and cats to move into the house. Otherwise, peace out. Fantastic. Bye. Scratch you later. <laughs> Got it. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at Vet Behaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.